Welcome to the radio broadcast of Pineview Baptist Church, a growing community of faith in the Belfast community of Goldsboro. We are located at 3357 U.S. Highway 117 North in Goldsboro. We invite you to find out more about our congregation by visiting us at facebook.com forward slash Pineview Baptist Goldsboro. Join us now for our weekly message. If you would like more information about Pineview Baptist Church, we invite you to follow us on social media. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Pineview Baptist Goldsboro. There, you will find information about our service times, upcoming events, directions to our church, and videos of our Sunday services. And chapter 2 begins this way. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and He answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. And then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped about my head at the root of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet I brought up my life from the pit. Yet you brought up my life. From the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you, into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love, but with the voice of thanksgiving will I sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will pay. This is beautiful. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon dry land. May God add a blessing to the reading of Scripture. Heavenly Father, what we know not, teach us. We have not, give us. We are not, make us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Last week we saw several things that I want to very quickly remind you of as we build upon what we've already learned, we saw firstly the great city that God wanted to save. In the very opening of our story, God says to His prophet, go to Nineveh, give them the message that I will give you, a message of repentance that they must repent or they will be destroyed. Nineveh was a very wicked city and it says in chapter 1 that God had gotten word, that word of their wickedness, their deceit, their corruption had reached the ears of the Almighty. Now, of course, we know God knows everything. God is all-knowing. He's omniscient. He's all-powerful. He's sovereign over all things. And so that's uh, just a, a, a cute way of saying God was aware. God knew what was going on in Nineveh, this town that was located on the eastern bank of the Tigris River. It was approximately 60 miles in circumference. I came across this in some of my study this week, that the population of Nineveh at that time is estimated to be somewhere around 600,000 people. 
huge metropolis of a city, especially for that day and time. And so God calls His man to deliver the word of the Lord, and that is why we have referred to this sermon series as Jonah the Running Prophet, because Jonah begins to make haste, but not in the way that God has asked him to. It says in our text that he fled away from the presence of the Lord. But God had more trouble getting His prophet to preach than in bringing Nineveh to repentance. He fled from God due to a series of bad choices in his life, we see in chapter 1 that Jonah went down. Because the text says that he went down to Joppa. He went down into the ship, and then at the end of chapter 1, down into the sea and into the belly of a great fish. And that's where we left off last week, but I want to remind you of that quote, that anonymous quote, I can't attribute it to anyone in particular, but... I remember hearing a preacher say that a journey from God's presence is a journey downward. And while we cannot outrun or hide from God, we can lead ourselves down. Lead ourselves to destruction. Today we will see the prophet turning back to God and offering up a prayer of thanksgiving, a prayer of consecration. As I said, God got His attention. And Jonah finds himself in a desperate situation. And you know, we would do the same thing most likely when we find ourselves in a dire situation. We would turn to prayer, I would hope. And many people will often use that as a last resort, and that should not be our last re- resort. It should be our first recourse in all situations and in all things. But our desperation does turn us to prayer. And that's a fine and a normal response to conflict, to extreme circumstances, even danger. But here's the truth that I want you to know and see today. However desperate your situation, God listens to prayer. And He is able to deliver His people. So with that in mind, let's ask some questions of the text this morning. I'm going to begin with this. Where Jonah prayed. Where Jonah prayed. In verse 1 and 2, we find... This truth that God listens to prayer from any location, from out of any kind of distress. It says in the first verse, from the belly of a fish. What a strange place to pray. And what the sailors couldn't get Jonah to do in chapter 1, the fish is finally accomplished in chapter 2. You see, maybe you remember Jonah was refusing to pray earlier in our story, but now he knows it's all he's got. It's his only hope. And the word that's used for prayer here in our text refers to intercessory prayer, but also to conversation or petition with God, a two-way conversation. That's the word he's using, and that's exactly what Jonah says he's doing. He's conversing with the Almighty. Lord, I cried to You. I made my petition known. You answered me. And so in this unexpected time of prayer, he offers up his praise. And he looks back on the God of his salvation who has saved him in times past and who he believes will save him in the belly of a whale. Verse 1 says, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. Last week running from, this week running to. And it says, And you heard my voice. 
I can almost imagine that this is Jonah's way of rejoicing in his renewed relationship with God. That he was running from the word of the Lord. He didn't want to hear it. He did not want to heed it. Now he has been cast into the sea. He has taken his life down, but God has sustained him and has heard him again. Two lessons this teaches us. Number one, that God hears anywhere. It doesn't matter if you're on the highest mountaintop or the deepest pit. God hears His children. But it also teaches us that it's better to pray in normal surroundings and regular days than it is to wait until we're in abnormal circumstances and situations. And we see that playing out in Jonah's life. He could have prayed earlier. He could have conversed with God. He could have submitted to the Word of the Lord, but he he chose to go down. Where do you pray? Have you learned to... Pray without ceasing. I know sometimes people probably think I'm crazy as I'm driving up and down the road. They probably think he's talking to himself. But one thing that I've learned to do is to pray while I'm driving my car. I don't close my eyes, brothers and sisters. I would not suggest that. But have you learned to pray without ceasing? I'm still learning. At all times. At all places. Without embarrassment. Don't wait for an extreme circumstance to pray, but rest assured that no matter the place, no matter the situation, God hears His children when they cry out to Him. But have you learned to pray from Sheol? As Jonah refers to his situation. He knew that there was no hope of deliverance from this place of death that he finds himself in unless God intervenes. And not only is he delighted that God heard him, but he's also pointing us forward to the gospel of Christ here, to the ultimate and final salvation that will be realized. Not in Jonah's day, but as we turn to the Old Testament or to the New Testament. And if you have your Bibles, we see the full assurance of the victory over Sheol. As we see... The, the revelation that has come because of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 in your Bibles. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, this well-known passage of Scripture that I hope will encourage us all today. Beginning in verse 15, or excuse me, verse 50. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50. It says, I tell you this, brothers... Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? Verse 56, the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God 
who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. We have that full assurance today. And Jonah was pointing us to a promise. He's in the land of the dead when he cries out to God near the brink of death and God heard his cry. Remember, God listens to prayer from any location and out of any kind of distress. Thanks be to God. Now we move on to the question of why. Not only where, but why Jonah prayed. And we find this in verses 2 through 6. Here's what I want you to learn here. That desperate situations, even those God has ordained, Give us an opportunity for prayer and an opportunity to witness God's deliverance. Notice his place of prayer, the why that caused him to pray. Firstly, he says, out of my distress. He hadn't been praying as he should earlier in the story. He had refused to pray when the the captain of the ship came to him and said, hey, pray to your God. And maybe he's thinking back and the pagan sailors have shamed him because of their response to the Creator. They ended up praying to God and worshiping God, making vows to God, it shows us in chapter 1. And instead, Jonah is hiding. He's running from God. He's neglecting his calling and even his spiritual disciplines, it seems. Sleeping through the storm and all this led to the affliction that Jonah now cries out from. Let's look at the language that he uses to describe his affliction. Go with me through these verses. Verse 2, he says, Out of the belly of Sheol I cry. Verse 3, he says he was cast into the deep. Verse 3, he said, The flood surrounded me. He says, All your waves and your billows passed over me. The waters, verse 5, closed in over me to take my life. Weeds, verse 5, were wrapped around my head. But no matter how frightening the deep water was for Jonah, and I'm sure it was, God is always in control of the flood. We're reminded of that in Psalm 135 and verse 6 that says this, Whatever the Lord pleases, He does in heaven and on earth, in the seas and all the deeps. God is sovereign. Maybe Jonah here in our story is looking at the water as a blessing from God. Maybe he remembers what we talked about last week, that that the fish swallowing him was less about God's wrath upon him and more about getting his prophet where he needed him to be because God is sovereign. And God knew how to get Jonah's attention and to put him in the right place. And so maybe he sees this finally as a blessing from God. That's a principle we also find in Scripture. In Deuteronomy 8, verse 7, God had promised His people to bring them into a good land, a land of brooks, of water, of fountains and springs flowing out into the valleys and hills. Water is seen throughout the Scriptures as a blessing, a tool that God uses to bring victory and prosperity to His people. Spurgeon, in his commentary, the Spurgeon Study Bible said that most of the grand truths of God have to be learned by trouble. 
They must be burned into us with the hot iron of affliction, otherwise we will not truly receive them. And I would add to that, amen. And that is just a reminder, here's your side note, I like to attack the false prosperity preachers, and if they're preaching a message that says God wants you to be healthy and wealthy and happy, that is a lie from the devil. We need a doctrine of suffering in our own lives and we need to know that God makes good things come out of bad things. Jonah prayed to his God from the belly of a fish in a great time of distress and God heard his voice. Desperate situations. Even those God has ordained provide an opportunity for prayer, And for witnessing God's deliverance, our next question is when? When Jonah prayed, and we find this in verses 7 down through verse 9. Here's what I want you to learn here. Salvation should lead you and I to sacrifice. Salvation should lead us to sacrifice. When did Jonah pray? We see in verse 7, firstly, when he remembered his distress. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Jonah is at the end of his rope here. Three days he has been in the belly of a great fish. Think back to that cartoon we had just a moment ago where he's standing there on the shore and you see the fumes coming off of him. I imagine he smelled ripe. I imagine he was hungry. I imagine his head was spinning. What's going on here? Can you imagine the the flip-flopping around inside that great well? And when he remembers his distress, he's at the end of his rope. He says, I remember you, Lord. I'm going to fall back in line. No more running. No more spiritual deafness to the Word of the Lord that has been given to me. Hebrews 4 and 16 reminds us that we can with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Are you in a time of need? Are you in a dark hour? Are you facing an uncertain future? Turn to Christ in your distress and you will find as Jonah did that He will hear your prayer. When did Jonah pray? when he remembered his distress, but also when he remembered God's love. Verse 8, it says, Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. Maybe he was thinking back to the ship and to that shot-in-the-dark attempt from the captain to cover all the bases and pray to all the gods. May we not cling to worthless idols and in the process forsake our grace, the hope of the steadfast love of the Lord. May our prayers not be worthless nothings as we see in the the Gospels, particularly in Matthew in the Sermon on the Mount when he speaks of empty phrases and vain repetitions. May our prayers be continually and faithfully directed to the God who is love and who reminds us in our text today that He's a God of steadfast love, a God of grace and mercy, and that He is a God who has delivered and will continue to deliver His people through life and death. When He remembered God's love, when He remembered His distress, and finally when He remembered God's faithfulness, verse 9. 
It says, but I with the voice of thanksgiving will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Notice that last phrase again. Don't rush past this. Salvation belongs to the Lord. This is a personal confession from our prophet. God has saved Jonah through the waters, through the through the ingestion of a giant fish, and he's standing at death's door. And he's confessing his trust, his confidence in his great God, and now he wants everyone to know about it. Now he will do what God has called him to do. You see why I said earlier that salvation should lead to sacrifice, that God's faithfulness should inspire our faithfulness. But may we also be reminded through this that salvation belongs to the Lord, that there is none righteous, no, not one, that our best is as dung, it is filthy rags. But it is Christ our King, Christ alone, who grants salvation. Thanks be to God. And that salvation should lead us to a life of sacrifice, a life of mission. Remember our truth again, that however desperate a situation, God listens to prayer and He's able to deliver His people. Let's wrap it all up, a conclusion. What happened when Jonah prayed? Well, the first thing we see in the text is that God delivers Jonah. Verse 10, He spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land just that quick. God is able and God is in control in whatever situation you find yourself in. In a moment, He can speak to your situation and do more in a split second than you could in a lifetime. Trust Him. Trust Him to lead you back to dry ground, to a place where your foot is sure, to a place of safety. God delivered Jonah when he cried out, but we also see in our text that God spoke to Jonah once again. Remember in verse 1, He said, and He answered me. Jonah's calling was renewed. God was not done with him. And I pray that you would know today that it is not too late to be used by God. Maybe you've run from Him in some area of your life. Maybe you're not walking with Him as you should. Maybe you're not ministering as He's called you to do. Submit to Him today. and Know that He is able to take broken people and use them for His glory. To use us for our good despite there being no good in us. God will act when His people pray. Not always in the same way we see in Jonah's story. Maybe we have to go through a little longer and endure some things that God is going to use in our lives. But when God's people pray, He hears and He acts. He answers. Thanks be to God. So what have we learned today? This taught me that I can pray in any location, any situation, and that I should, not only in the difficult times, but in the everyday, normal times. You say, well, my everyday normal seems to be giant fish swallowing me up and problems after problem after problem. Well, pray there anyways. But pray on the regular days as well. 
This also taught me not to let my own failures or my rebellion keep me from praying to God. Even when I miss the mark, I need to pray. I need to seek God's face. I hope we've learned that God hears and answers prayer. Maybe we need to see in this story the truth that we need to tear down idols in our lives as He talked about idols in verse 8. That we need to return back to our source and remember our faithful covenant-keeping God. The One who has saved us in the past, He is saving us in the present and He will deliver us to our final destination. I learned that when God answers... His children should respond in thanksgiving and worship. This is a a wonderful Thanksgiving season message. It really is. May it encourage you today to write out your own list of thanksgiving and to remember God's faithfulness in your life. But It also has taught me, as I see all throughout the pages of Scripture, that God is sovereign and that He is the ultimate source of my salvation He is the ultimate source of my delivery. So do not take your eyes off a faithful, sovereign, covenant-keeping God. But you say, Pastor, sometimes those negative thoughts and those feelings just creep in anyways. And the cloud of doubt fills my soul and it makes me question, what do I do during those times? What do I do when I'm facing a situation that I can do nothing about? When I, I can't effect change, I can't, I can't smooth things out or make them better in this circumstance. Well, Jonah knew a little bit about feeling that way. Feeling alone, isolated for three days. I'm sure he thought, hey, I am the only one in this situation. You know, you always hear, you're not the only one going through. Well, I, I don't... Now, a couple years ago, and actually it was this past year, I heard a story of a man getting swallowed by a fish and he was spat back up. But I don't know that that's happened too many times. I don't think Jonah was going through a situation (laughs) that is going to uh, become nightly news once a week. But he knew about feeling isolated. He knew about feeling like I'm the only one going through. And he shows us in this situation what to do in those Hours of of deep despair and darkness. Pray to God. Thank Him. Even in the middle of your darkness. Even in the middle of your storm. Put your trust in God on display for everyone to see. I will trust my God no matter what I go through. No matter what I face. Just as Job said, even if I die, even if God kills me, I will trust in His name. Because He is a God that will never fail. So when we find ourselves sinking into the depths, we need to remind ourselves that God is sovereign. And in His sovereignty, He answers prayer that we are not the first to experience this and that salvation belongs to the Lord. And in remembering those things, we too have the hope of a fresh start as Jonah found to be true in his own life. This is God's Word today. It is for us, His people. And I say thanks be to God for it. Would you pray with me? God, sometimes we think that 
Every day is a Jonah day. As we flounder in the seas of helplessness and despair. But we thank You this morning that You are always there with us. That You are ready to hear our prayer and to deliver us from our despair. And so as Jonah confessed the things that he believed we confess today, Lord, we trust You. And we discard everything that we are tempted to put in Your place. We trust You. Lord, I pray that the realization of that would lead us to a place of service and sacrifice. Help us, Lord. It's in the name of Christ we pray. Amen and amen. If you would like more information about Pineview Baptist Church, we invite you to follow us on social media. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Pineview Baptist Goldsboro. There you will find information about our service times, upcoming events, directions to our church, and videos of our Sunday services.